So uh, let's pray. Father, I love you. Thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for being good to us. Uh, Lord, you uh, uh, you really do. Um, you love us, Lord, and uh, you just wrap your arms around us in, in tough times. And so, uh, Lord, I do pray that you just get the glory uh, this morning as we uh, just endeavor to um, just uh, serve you, to love you, to learn more about you. And uh, we're going to jump into a new book today, Lord, and I do pray that um, as we uh, endeavor to do this, that you would... Um, uh, just put your words on my lips and that they would be uh, your your things that need to be said. And uh, Lord, the book of 1 Corinthians can be taken a lot of different ways. And so I do pray that we would take it uh, not so much as a warning, Lord, but um, just as a reality check to make sure that we are uh, really in fellowship with you and, and in unity in the body of Christ. And so, uh, Lord, I do pray you get the honor and the glory. I pray for uh, Bobby Blaine. As she's recovering from fall, Lord, pray for Miss Betty as uh, she's just uh, learning how to do life without her husband. And uh, Gwaine was a great man, and uh, Lord, he's with you now. So uh, there's a lot of stuff going on, uh, God. So I do pray that uh, you would just clear our minds, uh, allow us to take just a, a, a portion of our, our morning here and just hear what you have to say uh, to us. So I pray you just get the honor and the glory in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, so uh, if you have your Bibles, open up to the book of 1 Corinthians. So we're going to start uh, going through 1 Corinthians. Uh... Shannon, did you make him mad before you got here? Oh, I didn't see her. Oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's all good. It's <laughs> Me too. Uh, so, uh, no, it's all good. Uh, we're going to start the book of 1 Corinthians today. And so uh, we just kind of got done with the book of Joshua. Obviously, we didn't teach through the whole thing. Um, Joshua uh, is a long book, and once you get past about the first half of it, I don't want to. I don't want this to sound wrong, but it gets kind of dry. You get to hear about which tribes get which part of the land. And it's like, you know, once, you, once you've read it once, you feel like, okay, I know God's trying to tell me something here, but I've never been there, and I don't really know what he's talking about. So anyway, with all that, we kind of we got what we needed to, or at least I thought I wanted to get across with the book of Joshua and just the victory and obedience and, and all of those things. And so uh, I was kind of praying, and I've told you guys a little bit about this, but uh, this is kind of when you'll... This is probably the last time I talk about it, of how we ended up in 1 Corinthians. So I was praying... Uh, towards the end of last year, like, where are we going next? Obviously, I knew we were getting close to being done with Joshua. And, you know, it. believe it or not, I don't just, like, open up the index on my Bible, if they even have that. I don't know if it's even a thing. And just, like, point. I don't do that. Like, I really do seek God's face on uh, what he would have us to do and, and where we're going. And um, so First Corinthians kind of came up. Uh, I kind of just have this... this and it has nothing to do with you guys because I don't want anybody to take this wrong, but just kind of burden to just kind of get back to some of the basics and make sure that we are um, just really doing the things that we need to be doing. And so uh, the book of 1 Corinthians uh, can be taken as a rebuke. Uh, and so I don't want anybody to think that I think something's going on in your life. I, I really do feel like the people in Pass Point uh, are, are walking with the Lord right now. You guys are serving God. The class is growing. Not that it has anything to do with numbers, but I just I feel like God is getting the glory from what we're doing. If I look around the room, I know that, you know, 80% of you guys, probably more than that, I just don't know about the other 20%. Uh, you guys are serving the Lord. You're, you're serious about what God's doing in your life. And so I feel like you guys are where you need to be. So I don't want you to think, why are we going through 1 Corinthians? Because uh, we'll talk about why here in a minute. Because it has nothing to do with that. But sometimes when when things are going really good, you know, 
there's always a calm before the storm. And we want to make sure that we do have our head on a swivel. Um, if you've never really read the book of 1 Corinthians, if you've never studied the book of 1 Corinthians, there's a lot of good stuff in there. In between Paul being like, hey, you shouldn't have done that. And hey, why were you doing that? And hey, what were you thinking here? There's a lot of really good doctrinal stuff in there. So I, there, it won't just be like, wow, they were off here. Wow, they were off there. Oh my gosh, they were doing what? Like there'll be some of that, but because uh, Paul calls it pretty black and white. And I, I like that about Paul. But uh, there's a lot of really good doctrinal stuff um, as, as you go through it. So anyway, uh, the, the church at Corinth, uh, Corinth was a town that Paul and Barnabas went through on their second uh, missionary journey. And so Paul didn't go there on his first journey. Uh, he went there on his second journey and he started a church there. So he went there, there were no believers uh so he shares the gospel and uh, basically a church uh, forms. And so when, when Paul would be on these uh, missionary journeys, you can read about these in the book of Acts. He goes on three different, uh, we call them journeys, but he goes on three different trips to basically uh, evangelize uh, and share the gospel and basically start churches. And so he would just find somebody. Uh, he would you know preach the, preach the gospel to him. Uh, not that this is important to you guys, but Paul always kind of had a... a, a way that he would go about this he would always go to the synagogue first you know and he would always preach to the jews first they would always try to run him out of town and then he would switch to the gentiles and that's just kind of the way paul did it um but uh so anyway he went to corinth and and a church started there and it wasn't a huge church at the time so he gets him going he would be there for several months sometimes a few years even uh but he was there for several months and he went on about his way starting other churches and, and and whatnot and so uh somewhere uh he went there again on his second trip. And then so somewhere, I don't know exactly uh, when, whether it was between the first two. I think it was actually after his, his third uh, trip. He goes to Corinth again on his third trip. And so anyway, he's, Paul's got a lot of things going on. And he, he, he starts to you know hear some things. And so it's not like today where you can't even, if, even if you were trying to put your head in the sand, you would still know what was going on halfway around the world. Like it's impossible not to know what's going on. But back then, uh, it would have been a whole lot easier to not know what was happening. But yet... Word was still getting around to Paul that there were some things going on in Corinth that, well, they weren't just not not good. They were, like, not godly. And so there were some things going on. And uh, so that's where uh, our book of 1 Corinthians, the letter to the, the, the church at Corinth, comes from. And so he basically writes a letter to them. And he's just like, hey, what's up? What's going on? And so you'll see very quickly that he... Uh, he calls them out on some things, and then there's a lot of... Here's one thing that's really cool about it, though, is he doesn't ever call them out on something and say, figure it out. He will basically call them out on something and say, okay, now here's the biblical way to do it. And, you know, if you just read through the book, there are, like, a ton of things that he goes through doctrinally. You know, whether it be marriage in chapter 7, division in, you know, chapters 1, 2, and 3, uh, fornication in chapter 4. Like, there's a ton of different things that he addresses. And so uh, that's kind of... All the background I'm going to give you, you know, you can read the book and find out, but, you know, it's just a letter to the church at Corinth um, and, and what's going on. So if uh, you guys are already there, I'm going to get there. Uh, 1 Corinthians oh, chapter 1, and we're not going to get super far today. Imagine that, um, but uh, we'll see very quickly. So uh, here's your title for today, and you might be like, what? So uh, obviously you know very quickly that this is a letter to a church that's kind of uh, carnal. Uh, that would be the word to use about the, the Corinthian church. They're, they're carnal. And so uh, we're going to look at the gateway drug for the, the church at Corinth today, right? The thing that kind of got it all started, you know. And when we, we, we think of the gateway drug, and I'm not even going to ask you what it is, but uh, it changes over time. I remember it was a little different when I was, huh? Ice cream. It was ice, ice cream? 
I, I don't remember, but no, okay. Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> it's it's kind of like where they where they really start to get off, and then from there it goes very quickly. So anyway, that's what we're going to see today. So First Corinthians chapter one. Is that the title? That's the title. Yeah, for today. Uh, I'm also going to have uh, something else, but uh, uh, the gateway drug for the church at Corinth. So anyway, uh, so First uh, Corinthians chapter one. He starts this this letter the same way he starts almost every one of Paul's letters. He's like, "Hey, this is me. This is who's with me. Uh, and I'm talking to you." And so he very quickly just lays down the ground rules, and then he gets right into it. He says, "Paul called to be an apostle uh, of Jesus Christ uh, through the will of God, and Sosthenes, our brother, unto the church of God which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, uh, with all that in every place uh, call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, uh, both theirs and ours. Grace be unto you and peace from uh, God our Father and uh, from the Lord Jesus Christ. That verse 3, I think you can find that exact phrase in almost every one of his letters. Grace, uh, you know, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. It's like in every one of his letters. To the Philippians, to, uh, to the, uh, the church of Galatia, like over and over and over again. You see the same thing. So really quickly, this is introduction. Um, but just kind of getting through it. So Paul obviously is writing, and uh, he's writing to who? To the people at Corinth, but he's writing to a specific group of people. He's not just writing to anybody in Corinth who wants to read this. He's like, hey, I want to talk to you that are in the church at Corinth. Not just that are in the church at Corinth, but those who claim to be sanctified, those who claim to be set apart. Basically, anybody who is in the church at Corinth who claims to be saved, I'm writing to you. Like there might be a few things later on for the lost, the lost, you know, group that might be in Corinth, but I'm writing a letter to you who uh, should know better. Right? And they don't really know what he's writing about yet, but he's like, "Hey, this is me writing to you uh, who are saved." Right, and so sometimes we read our Bible and we're like, "Well, that's definitely uh, something written to the lost world." This is not that at all. Paul is writing to the church. Paul is writing, and I don't again. I'm not thinking about any you in particular, but he is writing to the church. Right, it, this whole book, which mine's kind of little and it's falling apart, but uh, there's it's written to a lot of different groups of people, right? Um, at different times of the world, there's only a short portion of your Bible that you can say that is written to me. I am the church, right? And so this is one of the letters that you could just be like, this is written to me. So as we go through this, Paul is writing this to you. He's writing it to the church. He wrote this to the the church at Corinth, but. The church at Corinth would pass it along, and then the church at Philippi would read it, and then they would pass it along, and you know uh, the church at Galatia would read it, and then you know the church at Thessalonica would read it, and you know I'm sure as these other people were reading it, they're like, I'm really glad he didn't write this letter to us, you know, but but it was there was stuff in there, there was doctrine in there for all of them, and so you read that in a couple of his letters how the letters would get passed around to the different churches. So it's not like it was just to the people at Corinth. Some of the rebuke was to the people at Corinth, but there is doctrine here for you. You are the church, right? There's not a lot of this book that is written directly to you, right? But this is, you know, and so you learn that in D2, that not all the Bible is written to you, but it's all written for you. Okay, well, this is written to you. So as we go through this, know that. So he's writing to save people. I want to make sure I get that across. Another thing that, you know, you want to make sure you understand is uh, Paul is called to be an apostle, now, if you're called to do something, you better do it, right? And so you're called to be a missionary. You can fight against it for a while, but uh, guess what? You're probably going to end up on the mission field, right? Because when God calls you to do something, you better do it. And so notice that like, Paul's not like, hey, I just wanted to do this. No, he's like, I'm called to be, and this is what I'm called to do. So anyway, that's kind of the introduction. That's all you're going to get out of that. So 
Verse 4, I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything you are enriched by him, in all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was conform, uh, confirmed in you, so that uh, ye, so that ye come uh, behind in no gift, uh, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you unto the end, that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were also called into the fellowship of his sons, uh, his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So he kind of gives them a little pep talk. He's like, hey, uh, I'm writing to you. I've been praying for you guys. That's basically what he's saying as he says all those things. He's like, I've been praying. I've been praying that you're enriched in him. I've been praying that you have all knowledge in God. I've been praying that, you know, that you, uh, your spiritual gifts are growing is what he's talking about that when he says you're left behind and no gift, uh, waiting for, I, I'm praying that you guys are getting things done. You know, like it was getting done when I was there, right? People were growing, people were getting saved. I'm praying for the church. That's what he's saying when he says all these things, okay? That's all the farther he gets before he's like, okay, now we need to talk, right? And so, you know, sometimes you see somebody and you've heard something and, you know, some people will beat around the bush for 20 or 30 minutes. You know, they'll just like, hey, so, okay, at what point are we going to like get to what we need to talk about? Paul's like, okay, that's as far as we're going to get. We, I've, I've been hearing some things and I'm not even going to get past chapter one here. And obviously when Paul was writing, there weren't chapter breaks, but I'm not going to get very far before we have to start saying something's going on here. And so, uh, we'll pick up there. He says, now I beseech you. Notice that's a phrase he uses when he like really wants to get something across. He's like, I am begging you. I am imploring you. I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it had been declared unto me of you, or declared unto me of you, so basically somebody told me, my brethren, by them which are at the house of Chloe, so I'm going to tell you who told me, so it's not like I just heard it, uh, that there are contentions among you. Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I of Apollo, or, and I of Apollos, and I of Cephas, and I of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you, or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you but Crispus and Gaius, lest any of you should say I had baptized mine in, uh, in mine own name. And I baptized also the household of uh, Stephanus besides. I know not whether I baptized any other. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not, uh, with, not with wisdom of words, uh, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. So that's as far as we're going to get today. So let's kind of break down what he's talking about. So he's basically like, okay... I've been praying for you guys. Uh, I, I, uh, things were great when I was there. The church was growing. Uh, but but so I've, I've been hearing some things, right? And, you know, sometimes you've been hearing some things about somebody, right? You've been hearing some things about something going on. And, you know, if it's about the lost world, it's just gossip. But, you know, sometimes you start hearing something and, you know, the best thing to do instead of just go on and gossip to somebody else so they can go, sometimes just go to the source and be like, hey, I've been hearing some things. Like it would be some. So this definitely did not happen. But here's a good example, right? So you guys know that uh, Paige and I are discipling uh, Nick and Kendra right now. So you know, I feel like I would have liberty uh, to if if I had heard some things about like Nick doing something he ought not to be, right? And so they come down for discipleship. I just you know I would probably cut to the chase and I'd be like, hey Nick, I've been hearing some things. Uh, what's going on? You know, this isn't this isn't the things that you've been taught. These aren't the things that you know. And so sometimes you have to take that liberty upon yourself as a brother in Christ to just be like, hey, I've been hearing something and it's best just to address the issue as opposed to just walk around 
like, you know, there's not a giant elephant in the room. Because, you know, that helps a lot when everybody knows what's going on, but nobody's, you know, everybody's afraid to say something about it. Paul's just like, hey, I've been hearing some stuff, and before Christ's name starts getting trampled through the mud, let's just talk about it. And so here's what, here's kind of what uh, they were talking about. And so, Here's, here's the second part of your title today. You know, it's, it is the gateway drug for the uh, church at Corinth, but uh, Paul shows the Corinthians three ways to keep division out of the church. So division is kind of the, the first thing that they're going to run into. Division is what starts this whole thing. So Paul shows the Corinthians three ways to keep division out of the church. That's, what, that's the three things I want to show you today. He kind of just gives them three examples of how to keep this stuff out of the church. They weren't doing any of these things. Okay, so he's like, hey, I hear that there's some divisions among you. And some of you are like, hey, you know what? I'm of Paul. I'm in Paul's camp. And they're like, well, you know what? I'm in Apollos' camp, right? Because Apollos was one of the guys that was with him on his, uh, one of, that had been there kind of as a leader. And he's like, you know what? Well, I really like Apollos. And then some of like, well, I really think Cephas is the most godly guy, right? And we just, we're going to follow him. And then some of them are, these are the really holy people. They're like, well, you know what? We're going to follow Christ, you know, you know, they're, but they're still in the argument. And it's like, okay, that'd been really good if you would have just done that with your lifestyle. But instead they like do it with their words. And so Paul's just like, I have one question for you. Uh, is Christ divided? Like, did, did something happen since I was here last? Because uh, I thought we were all following Christ. You'll find out later in uh, the book in uh, 1 Corinthians 11, 1, Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. You know, it's okay to follow me as long as I'm following Christ, but if I'm not following Christ, you better quit following me. You know, and so he's just basically, he's like, there's some sort of division going on. There's contentions. This guy's wanting to follow this guy. This guy's wanting to follow this guy. He's like, hey, why don't we just all follow Christ and, and let him sort it out? You know, and so that's kind of where this whole thing starts and... You know, Paul's just like, you know what? I'm really glad that of the whole church there, I've only baptized like two of you. Because uh, then you'd be like, well, he, he baptized us. And that's one of the reasons uh, that at HBF, we don't, we don't have just one guy. who Brian doesn't do all the baptisms, right? The pastor team just rotates through. And unless it's like some kind of crazy uh, reason, we don't schedule it. It's just like it's on a rotation. So it's not like, well, I want to be baptized by this guy. And I want to be back. Actually, if somebody requests something like that, we usually like, unless it's for some sort of really special reason, uh, we don't accommodate those things because we don't want something like this starting to happen at HBF. It would be like uh, you guys, you know, going into main service and be like, hey, how are you? And you'd be like, okay, I've never seen you around. And they're like, yeah, well, we go to Randy's class. And they're like, oh, well, we go to Jason's class, right? And then the people over there are like, well, we go to Bob's class. And they're like, well, Steve, he's the best teacher. Like, that's what's going on here. They're just like, well, we follow this guy and we follow this guy. And like, Paul's just like, hang on a minute. Why don't we just all follow Christ? Like, isn't that the whole purpose here? You know, and obviously, you know, at HBF, it, it's not even really by age group. I mean, it, it kind of is, but it's you can go to any class you want to. It's more about teaching style. And you just, you know, find a guy who's preaching the word and follow, you know, him as he's following Christ. That's the only thing. And so... I, I'm amazed that y'all come and listen to me every Sunday morning. It really is crazy. Like, there's some really good Bible teachers here. I don't know why you're coming here, but keep doing it. It's all good. But uh, anyway, uh, so, but that's what's going on here. And that's kind of a good example of it. It's just like, well, we go to this guy. and Well, this guy's better. And what about this guy? And, you know, so that's kind of some of the ways we do things here. And that's what's going on in the church. There's divisions. There's contentions. You know, they're like, well, I don't know why you would go to that guy's class. Because, you know, have you seen the people that go over there? And, you know, it's just, it's very divided. 
you know, if you, uh, I still haven't got the time to go back and listen to it, but uh, the the guy who was here for the discipleship conference when he taught on Sunday morning, you know, he talked about unity in the body, and everybody has their own uh, place, and I've, I've heard a lot of people talk about it, so I kind of know the... I think I've practically well, I've heard you, but there's been several people, so it must have been really good because I've heard several people go back, and th- that's what he's talking about. Like, it... Everybody does their own part in the body. We're part of a bigger thing here. And that's not just at HBF. Like, yes, we all do our part here at HBF so that the body gets done. But then, really, like, HBF as a whole is a small part of the larger body of Christ. The, the, the group of churches and, you know, the church as a whole. We are the bride of Christ. And so that's some of the things he's talking about. And so Paul calls them out. And you might be like, well, man, if this is all that, you know, if this is the worst that it's going to get as we go through First Corinthians, that he's just like, hey, there's some divisions. This is like, like again, this is kind of like the gateway sin that leads them into uh, where they're headed. Or not where they're headed, where they've been. But this was the first thing, this is the first thing Paul calls them out on. And so here's what I want to give you today. So that's kind of the first thing he points out. Hey, there's divisions. You all are you know, talking about following this guy, following this guy. I'm just glad I didn't baptize hardly any of you because then you'd all think you were following me and then that would be an issue too. And so... That's kind of what he says there. And so he gives the, he, he shows the Corinthians, Corinthians three ways to keep division out of the church. And so the first way that he shows them how to do this is he prays. Uh, go back, or at least with me, I have to go back because it's the page before. But uh, in verses 4 through 9, uh, I told you, he's basically praying for these guys. He says, I thank my God always on your behalf that, you know, you would be growing, you know, that everything, you would be enriched. And he goes, he, he, he does all these things. And he basically says, I've been praying for you guys. I've been praying for you like this. I've been praying for you like this. I've been praying for you like this. Multiple different ways, okay? He says that. And then what's the very next thing he says in verse 10? He says, I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you should all speak the same thing. The first thing he tells them is, hey, I, I hope y'all are doing the same thing. Like, I've been praying for you. Like, he gives four different verses. One, two, three, five, five. One, two, three. Six verses of how he's praying for them. And then the next verse, he's like, man, I really hope y'all are doing the same thing. Not for me, but for the church. Right? He's like, hey, uh, are y'all praying for each other? Um, it's, it's really hard to be divided against somebody that, that you're praying for. Have you ever tried that before? Like, I really want to be mad at this person, but then uh, you're praying for him, right? I remember a time in my life that, and if you would believe this, I know it's crazy, uh, Paige and I maybe maybe have a a spat about something. I don't even remember what it was about. Uh, But we had... This was years ago. It was back when I worked at the sand plant, actually. Um, And I remember this because during this time when I was working at the sand plant, I was like an hour and 10 minutes from home. So I had that long of a drive every morning. And I was going through uh, the season of life where I I was making prayer like a a big priority. Not that I shouldn't still be doing that. I still do. But uh, anyway, so I had different things that I prayed for each day. And I was trying to do systematic praying. So like one day I would pray for my kids. The other day I'd pray for my marriage. The next day I'd pray for uh, the ministry. And I had like something different for six days because wouldn't you know it, I was working six days a week back then. Uh, And so uh, I, I prayed for something different every day. And so I remember uh, driving to work, and it was my day to pray for our marriage, and so I was praying, uh, praying for my wife, but in my heart, there was something going on. I don't even remember what it was. I couldn't tell you if I wanted to. It's really hard to pray for somebody that you want to be mad at. Like, have you tried it? Because it's hard. Like, I, God, I hope you bless them. I hope that you continue to grow them. I hope that they, uh, you know, well, there's there's a country song about that. That's Yeah, <laughs> obviously you're not praying that, but, you know, it's hard to, to pray for somebody and be divided against them. It really is. I mean, try it. If you've got somebody that you've got like a bad heart against, pray for them. 
Like, pray that God would bless them. Not that you would reconcile. I mean, you should pray for that too. But if you're just at a point in life where you're like, I don't want to be reconciled, just pray for them. Just pray that God would bless the heck out of them. Because you're going to find out really quickly that it's really hard to pray that if you have some sort of bitterness in your heart. It, it really is. And so the very first thing Paul says, before he ever even calls them out on their sin, he's just like, hey, I've been praying for you guys that you would grow, that you would you know, be enriched, that you would be doing all these different things. And then the next thing he says is he says, I beseech you by the name of our Lord that you all speak the same thing, that you're doing the same thing, that you're praying the same things. If you've got somebody that's just like, man, I just, and I hope this isn't the case, but I just really can't stand that guy. Or I just, every time I'm around that person, they just drive me crazy, you know, or, or whatever. Pray for them. Not that they would change. Pray that God would bless them. It's really hard to pray that God would bless somebody that you want to have some sort of issue with, right? It is. And I just gave you a really good example of that. I'm glad that that was a lot of years ago, and we haven't had another issue since then. So, I mean, praise the Lord. So, uh, anyway, so uh, James 5, verse 13 to 16, uh, says, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Again, praying. Uh, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Uh, verse 15, And uh, the prayer of, uh, of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up, and, have, uh, and if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Verse 16 is where I really wanted to get to. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Right? The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You know what? You might be like, man, I prayed for this and God didn't answer it. Okay, well, for one, God's not, I'm just, I hate to be the guy that's just like bursting your bubble. God's not going to like, he might answer every prayer. It might not be the way that you like it. Okay? So he will answer every prayer. But you might, so, you prayed for something and, you know, 15 minutes later, you're like, oh my gosh, God has an answer to this. Uh, it says the effectual, fervent prayer. And there's been things that I've prayed for for years. And I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop. Because I know that in the end, God's will will be done. Right? But things that you pray for for years of your life. You know, and it's heartbreaking when you see those things not come to fruition. When they go the opposite way that you pray. But you know what? I know that this verse says that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So he prays for him, and that's the first way that he shows them: Hey, you want to keep division out of, the, out, of out of what's going on here? Pray for each other. You know, and he, he says that without really saying it. Okay, so the next thing, the next way that he shows, he doesn't say, but he shows the Corinthians to keep division out of the church is he keeps Christ. Uh, he keeps Christ preeminent. He keeps the main thing the main thing. He keeps Christ on the throne. Right, uh, so he calls him out. He's like, "Hey, you guys are like, I'm following Apollos. I'm following Paul. I'm following Cephas. I'm following Christ. All these different things." And uh, he's just like, "Is Christ divided? You know, Christ is the he's the centerpiece here. Why are you even? Why do you even know these other guys' names? Like, who cares?" Right? If somebody's just like, man, I really go to the past point class because I think Jason's a really awesome teacher. I'm like, well, I, I hope you come here because the Word of God gets preached, honestly. I mean, obviously, I, I hope that you guys are uh, in, in, encouraged in the Lord and, you know, the relationships here uh, are built around the Lord. But, like, if Christ isn't the centerpiece of what's happening here, y'all better get out. Right? It, that's just the way it works. If, if who you're following isn't following Christ, man, you, you better pass them up. You know, because who cares if they're in the slow lane? You better, you better get on with it. 
he keeps Christ preeminent, man. He, he's just like, hey, is Christ divided here? Did I miss something? He's like, was Paul crucified for you? No, Paul wasn't crucified for you. Christ was, though. Let's, let's keep our focus where it needs to be, is what he says. And it's like, I didn't baptize any of you, but a couple of you. And even then, I'm, I'm glad that I didn't. He says, because Christ sent me not to baptize. He keeps Christ on the throne. You know, you want to, uh, you want to keep division out of the church? You want to keep division out of your ministry? You want to keep division out of your relationships? Division out of your marriage? You just keep filling in the blanks? You want to know how to do that? Keep Christ preeminent. Make sure Christ is on the throne. You know, you, you, you meet with people and they're like, man, we're really having trouble with our marriage, right? And Okay, well, when's the last time you were in the Word? I, I came here to talk about my marriage. I, I know, that's why I asked you. When's the last time you were in the Word? Uh, how about you, hon? When's the last time you were in the Word? Like, yeah, how's that work? Well, we came here to talk about Christ isn't preeminent, right? Uh, you talk about relationships. You talk about the ministry. I've, I've seen ministries fall completely apart. And it's like, man... Uh, who, what, what were you serving here? Like, because all I see is like things were getting done, but it was things. Christ wasn't getting glorified, and so you got to keep Christ preeminent. You want to keep division out of all of those areas. Keep Christ preeminent, no matter what. And you might be like, man, that, I I get it, but I don't get it. I'm just I'm just saying, guys. Christ has to be at the center of everything that you're doing. Right, it, it just has to be. Like even when things fall apart, even when it's just like, man, I don't know what else to do. Christ better be the center point. You know, uh, he he has to be. And so I have some other things I want to say, but I'm not going to say them. So you keep Christ or Paul. He keeps Christ preeminent, and so that's the second way that he shows them. I want to get done today, so I got five minutes left. So uh, he keeps Christ preeminent. Cut some of that stuff out. And so the third way that he shows the Corinthians how to keep division out of the church, and we're going to get into some other. Uh, portions of this next week as we uh, go on in the chapter, but uh, he stays on mission. He stays on mission. And so, uh, what does that mean? One of you HBI guys, I know you've heard Randy talk about this. What does it mean to be on mission? Or somebody that's not an HBI. Or somebody who's been in the military or, you know... It is. It should be. It, he stays focused on the mission, right? Uh, Randy uh, teaches several classes in HBI, and I've heard him teach several different things about, uh, you know, you know, being ready for the mission field and different things. But like, you have to be on mission, right? You can't go to war and be like, you know, hang, hang on, my cell phone's ringing, right? That's not how this works, right? Uh, you're not on mission, right? you're here for a purpose. Now, I understand that Sunday morning, you're like, man, I didn't really want to get out of bed. And, you know, you're out here preaching at me and all that. You've got to be on mission. Like, you came here for a purpose. You go to work, you need to be on mission. Now, some of you be like, no, hang on a minute. I came to church on Sunday. Uh, I'll be back next week. Now, I'm just saying, you're not on mission. Being on mission is simply knowing that you're you're called for a purpose. Your purpose is to get something done for Christ, no matter where you're at, no matter what the situation is, and I'll be the first one to tell you, I fail sometimes, right? I don't get it done sometimes. I talk to people. I know that, hey, that's probably a decent open door for me to, like, share the gospel or at least, you know, ask them what their relationship with Christ is or anything like that, and I'm, I just fail. It's because I'm not on mission. i got my mind on other things. I'm not stayed on Christ. And so Paul's just like, man, he, he stays on mission throughout all of this. And here's what I mean by that. He's like, hey, I'm really glad that I didn't really baptize any of you guys except for a couple of you because uh, he goes on to say in verse 17, for Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. He's like, I didn't come to Corinth to like get a whole bunch of you wet. 
That, that wasn't the whole point. I came to share the gospel, and God did the rest, right? You'll find out later on. He's like, man, I, uh, I, uh, Paul, what does it say? Uh, 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 I watered, Apollos uh, uh, watered, but God gets the increase. I can't remember the first part of that verse. It just totally fell out of my brain. But, uh, you know, he's talking about like, it doesn't really, I, I don't want any glory for it. Like, we all do our part, and God gets the increase. That's what he's saying. He's like, I didn't come to baptize you anyway. I came to share the gospel, and that's what y'all need to be doing. He's like, uh, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, it's like I wasn't trying to talk anybody into it. I didn't come to Corinth with like this new, um, you know, get into heaven free scheme, right? The new evangelism tactic or, you know, that's those, those kinds of things kind of drive me crazy, honestly, guys. I understand we need to get the gospel where it needs to go, but it's like, it seems like every year there's like a new way that we're trying to hook people. It's like, why don't we just share the gospel with them and let God do the hooking, right? I mean, honestly, that's what needs to happen, but there's always some different thing, right? There's like, you know, gospel of the stars. There's, you know, it, we, we call it intentional gospel outreach. There's the way of the master. There's all these different ways. I'm like, how about we just share the gospel with them the best way you know how? And I understand those are tools for people who don't really know the best way they know how, but uh, I would just encourage you to get in your Bible and find out how. But anyway, uh, those kinds of, that's just kind of a pet peeve of mine. But Paul stays on mission. He's like, I didn't come uh, other than to share the gospel, not with wisdom of words. I wasn't trying to talk anybody into it, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. Meaning, what he's trying to say there, and I'll wrap this up, is he's like, I didn't come and try to like twist somebody's arm into it. I didn't come and like try to talk somebody into getting saved. Because you know what happens when that happens? Uh, he's, he, he, uh, it, it would tie right into, uh, the parable of the sower and the seed. Uh, they would like, oh yeah, that sounds great. And then as soon as, you know, the cares of the world would come around, uh, they would fall right on their face. They, it would be plucked right out. And that's what he's saying. He's like, if I talk somebody into this, then as soon as something comes around that kind of divides them, then it says that, uh, uh, the, the, the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. They're going to fall away. And that's what he's saying. It's like, I came and I shared the gospel with you and I let the gospel do what it does. You know, uh, it's, it's like, uh, you, sometimes you'll see Paige and I, we're in the altar worker ministry. So, uh, if you're ever peeking up when you're not supposed to be, when Brian's like, hey, you know, ever, uh, and you, you know, maybe you'll see Paige and I up there. There's a few other people in here that do that as well. But, uh, there's been a few times that I've had, uh, a guy like raise his hand. And so, you know, I'll grab him because I want to make sure, you know, does this guy know the gospel? And we'll come and we'll come to a room away from everybody and just like, hey, what's going on in your life, man? You know, and, uh, I've had multiple opportunities. I've actually never led anybody to Christ during the altar, but I've had several people come in because I'm, some people will be like, man, you've got, this is a prime time. And I'm like, I'm going to share the gospel with them and I'm going to let the gospel do what it does. Like the last thing I want to do is try to talk somebody into praying a prayer because you know what happens when that happens? Uh, the, it says, uh, that the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. You know, they got saved because of something I said not because of something Christ did. And you should be careful with that. Now, obviously, we do need to get the gospel where it needs to go. And you should try every which way to share the gospel with them. But don't ever make it like, but you know, if you did this, then this would happen. It's, it's not that at all. Don't talk anybody into it. Because then they're following something you talked them into doing as opposed to what Christ already did for them. right? And so you need to be careful with that. So Paul's just like, hey, uh, I'm going to stay on mission here. right? Instead of getting caught in the argument of like, hey, well, you know, uh, I was the one who came and started the church, so it's probably good that you're following me, but I'm still going to... F- he could have done that and still pointed it towards Christ. He doesn't get caught in the argument at all. He's just like, you know what? Uh, the end goal is getting the gospel where it needs to be on time. Uh, and that's not happening right now, and uh, this is what you all need to be doing. There's divisions among you, and I don't care who you think you're following. It better be Christ. Like, that's the first thing that he says. We didn't get 17 verses in. You know, it's a long book. 
And he's got a lot to say. We didn't get very far in, and Paul's just like, hey, there's divisions. And when there's divisions, nobody gets glorified. Nobody. Like, if there's division in your life, if there's division in your marriage, uh, do you ever, like, walk away like, yes, this is really good right now? No. Like, it doesn't happen like that. Like, if there's division in your ministry, you're never like, well, I got the upper hand today. No, no. You're not getting the glory. He's not getting the glory. God's not getting the glory. You're all wasting everybody's time. Right? It doesn't work like that. You know, the only way that anybody's going to get the glory is if you just submit. You'll find about this in uh, chapter 7 when we talk about marriage, but it goes in a lot of areas in life. Just esteem the other better than yourself. Pray for them. Like, man, God bless that person. And you might be like, man, he really is blessing them. Well, because maybe you're the one with a bad heart in the first place. The point is, Paul gives three just examples. He doesn't even say them. He just does them. And so just kind of pointing it out that, you know, we have to stay, we've got to keep division out. You know, I've, I've seen it. I've seen it in ministry. I've seen it at HBF. I've seen it in people's marriages. I've seen it in relationships. And when there's division, there's, there's nothing getting glorified. And so at the end of the day, we've got one person we're supposed to be trying to get the glory to, and that's God. And so if, if you're trying to get it for yourself, nobody's getting it. Because at the end of the day, you're not going to get it either. You know, the adversary, the punk, the devil, he, he's not going to let you get the glory either. So I, I promise, if you're trying to get it for yourself, you know, these guys are like, well, I'm following this guy. Well, I'm following this guy. Paul's just like, hey, you probably ought to follow Christ. Because if not, nobody's going to get the glory. You know, isn't that what we're here to do? Isn't that why we get up on Sunday morning? Isn't that why we come and we serve? We give our time. We do our, you know, all the different things. It's because I want God to get the glory. And so that's what Paul's, he's just kind of given a few examples. So that's kind of the, the first thing we're going to see. That's kind of like the gateway drug or the, the gateway sin. The first thing that kind of leads into all these other things is when there's division, man, it just, it can tear wide open. And so with that, let's, uh, let's pray. We'll get out of here. We'll jump back into it next week. We got a long way to go, guys, but, uh, th- I think this book's going to be really good, uh, for Past Point. So, uh, Father, I love you. I thank you for today. I thank you for, uh, just your word, Lord. I thank you for loving us, uh, setting us apart, uh, just for salvation and new life, Lord, and, uh, just the truth that's in it. Uh, Lord, sometimes the things of the world, uh, really, uh, tug at our heart and, um, they really want to, uh, just um, really try to twist our mind and well, it, it's easy to know that the truth is in you and it's always going to be in you no matter what happens and so Lord I do pray you get the honor and the glory from our lives that you would uh, really just uh, um, get glory uh, from the things that we say and do we wouldn't try to steal the glory for ourselves and I pray that there isn't any division in the past point class. I pray that there isn't any division in HBF as a whole. And if there is, Lord, I pray that we would uh, just address it and that we would be one with each other uh, and we'd really be able to serve the body well. So I pray that you would just uh, uh, bless Brian as he preaches this morning. In Christ's name, amen.